Welcome to the Real Estate Play-By-Play. We are your hosts, Christy Martinelli, top-ranked realtor worldwide, and Danielle Obrantz, mortgage industry veteran. On and off the field of life, you need to know the plays to win the game. We are here to give you the play-by-play tools to reach your real estate goals. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, a seasoned investor, or just have a love for real estate, suit up. It's It's game game time. time. Hi, welcome everybody. This is the Real Estate Play-by-Play and we have an exciting episode today. The fundamental rules of the game for sellers. Yes. So So in our last episode, we talked about all the rules for buyers, which there are many. But today we want to talk about the rules for sellers. Yeah. What not to do if you're going to sell your house. And some of these you might think, well, that's obvious, but it's actually (laughs) happens quite a bit. Yeah. It's so crazy. And that's the whole idea here is to give you, you know, the things that may or may not be obvious and make sure that you understand, you know, the game that you're playing in. So I think the top one, if you're going to sell your place, you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to sell my house? I need a realtor. Yeah. Some people think I don't need a realtor and it's for sale by owner. Right. Especially in a market that's, you know, hot and and moving quickly, right? People think, you know, well, I could go wrong. Yeah. I could just sell it myself or even worse, they do some quick Google searching and they go, well, I, I found this company that will just put it on the multiple listing service and then you know, they'll only charge a very small fee for that. Right. A discount broker. And, you know, growing up, when I went shopping with my mom, she would always tell me, you get what you pay for. Yeah. (laughs) And that is true with real estate as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for example, if you hire the Christy Martinelli team, yes, you get what you pay for. We do full on marketing. We pay for our own photographer, videographer, drone. We do a lot of social media. I can go on and on and on. But it goes back to you get what you pay for. If you're hiring a discount broker or you're deciding to sell it yourself, you're not going to get a lot of those things. And even if it is a seller's market, I think one of the main reasons to hire a realtor besides marketing, things like that. But another reason is you want to help yourself in the long run from not turning around and getting sued. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, huge, right? I mean, and the negotiation aspect the negotiation, and all of leaving that. money I mean, on the table. Yeah, yeah. it's so, so many reasons. Yeah, I, I see it on our end too. You know, people think that they can just put a for sale sign up mm-hmm. and I'm sure they'll get an offer, right? But then they get taken advantage of when that offer tries to negotiate things. And then do they know all the disclosures that need to be done? And, and really as a seller, you're holding all the liability. Yeah. You hold all the liability. So as a listing agent, all the paperwork that sellers have to sign, even be it boilerplate disclosures, those are to protect sellers. That's to protect you. So long-term. Now, anyone can sue anyone, right? We live in the state of California. Anyone can sue anyone. The point is, though, if they sue you, do they have a case? And if you've hired an agent who's gotten all the correct paperwork, they're not going to have a case. Right. Not to mention, you know, at the end of the day, your bottom line will probably be higher even after you pay real estate fees by hiring an agent. Correct. I mean, when you're Mm -hmm. looking at just a a numbers perspective, having your property exposed to the most amount of people possible in the best light, in the best light is going to get you the most amount of competition and competition breeds the highest purchase price. A hundred percent. So as a seller, don't think that you're getting the best deal by selling it yourself or hiring a discount broker. Yeah. That's probably probably rule number one of things not to do. Hire the best professional that you can find 
interview multiple professionals, make sure that you're hiring somebody who has a lot of experience and get that property professionally marketed. So you've signed with a professional realtor. And I think one of the things I think gets missed or overlooked a lot is don't think that you can get away with not having great curb appeal. Yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's such not a obvious. little thing, right? It is. It's like, so little, but it's not obvious. So a lot of times when we're selling a property, we go in, if it does not have a floor mat, we put a floor mat, a front door mat yeah. in, we put a sign, we'll put something on the door, these little touches to make it feel inviting or welcoming to show the curb appeal. Yeah really does go a long way. Yeah. It's like when you're opening up a gift. Have you ever like around Christmas time when you guys play those exchange <laughs> gifts and you're trying to pick which gift to get out of all these gifts that people have brought, right? With your friends yeah, and you don't give pick gifts. mine because it's just, poorly wrapped, I assure right, you. Right. You the gift that is wrapped the best usually gets picked first. Yeah. Which is never mine either. No, mind you. No. We have no time. We have I kids. Know. We work full I'm time. Like, put some masking tape right. on it and call it good. <laughs> Duct tape if I'm <laughs> in a in a <laughs> pinch. <laughs> but there's something that is is goes to say for that, right? So yeah. when you're selling a house, if right. your house is those crisp wrapped. corners and <laughs> symmetrical folds, people want to pick your house. Yes, <laughs> that's no, true, at, though. Like I a mean, gift. you know, and it also when you're going through a property, right? Your first impression when it's really one that makes it feel like the sellers have. Uh, taking attention to everything, yeah. you're not then looking at all the other little stuff, right? Every little house mm -hmm. has little stuff. But when your first impression looks good, you're not digging down to scrutinize those other things. Right. And that kind of goes along with the next one, which is, you know, don't as a seller think that just because it might be a seller's market that you don't have to do anything to your house. Yeah. You know, staging, doing little things here and there can go a long way. I mean, don't go in and think, well, I'm going to renovate my entire house and I'm going to get every penny's worth because yeah. you're, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. You have to talk to your realtor yeah. on that one. But because you want to spend, and I tell people this all the time, you want to spend cents to make dollars. Right, right. Right. Like paint will go a long way and paint 100%. is cheap. Right. But you do a full kitchen remodel, you may not get the dollars back with regards to sales price. Right. At least not immediately. Right. So don't assume that putting a bunch of money into your home, you're going to get it and then some. That's right. definitely a conversation you need to have with a realtor. You know, you might be able to just, as you mentioned, put paint together, right. maybe stage, maybe you partially stage yeah. to make the house look nice. Or clear inspections that. or any yeah. of those little things so that, again, you're not opening up the conversation for negotiations, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can clear a section one pest report for a thousand dollars, why not do that so that you've eliminated that as a topic of negotiation? Right, exactly. So that's huge. So not assuming in a seller's market that, you know, you just don't need to do anything. You still want to pay attention to what will get you the biggest bang for your buck. Right. Especially if you're looking as a seller to get top dollar. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the first things I'll ask sellers is what's your real estate goal? right? As a listing agent, what is your real estate goal? What are you looking to accomplish? If you are looking to get accomplished top dollar, then I'm going to put together a plan that is, tells you exactly what you need to do to get top dollar. Right. Sometimes goals are, Hey, I want to sell this at a good price, but I don't want to be overly stressed. I'm a more private person. I don't want it to be open to the public or I have right. kids and I have animals, you know, so don't feel as a seller that you're just automatically going to get top dollar for not doing much. Right. 
and vice versa. Don't feel like you have to do everything because you might not get that back in return as well. Yeah. And so same thing, you know, identifying your goals early on and then coming up with a plan that meets all of those goals, right? So not just taking a boiler, a plate, you know, boilerplate approach to selling your house. You want to have it customized and tailored to your specific goals. And so I think once you find your agent, once you're getting it ready to go on the market, another big one is don't overprice your oh, house. This is huge. I mean, I get this. Oh You'd my be gosh. Surprised how much I get this is like, well, let's, let's start at the high end yeah. and then we can leave it on the market. If we don't get offers, then we'll reduce it. Yeah. Oh my Nails gosh. on a chalkboard. I know there was a house like three doors down from me that <sighs> the minute they went on the market, they went on at like one eight, something like that. And I immediately thought that house is worth one five. Mm. immediately. It's like that right? sinking stomach. Yeah. Feeling. And I ah. felt so bad for them because yeah. I watched it sit and sit and sit and sit. And guess what? It never sold. They ended up taking it off the market and renting it, mm. which is so sad because it was a gorgeous house. It had beautiful views. They had freshly redone everything. And I knew that if they had gone in and listed it at one four, mm. they probably would have gotten one six. Right. Right. But the minute you see a price tag of one eight, but you don't feel like it's worth it, now all of a sudden people think like, well, what's wrong with it? And then it starts sitting and it's like, well, it's been on the market forever Mm -hmm. and you're not getting competition. Right. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, whereas if you underprice it a little bit, now all of a sudden there's a feeding frenzy. Yeah. It's all about strategy. You know, I mean, when you're playing sports and you're going out there and you have different plays, it's all about strategy and how you're going to make that play work on the field and in the game or on the court or whatever it is. So it's the same thing with real estate. You have to have a strategy and a pricing strategy is so important is literally the difference between getting your house sold or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, Honestly, that should probably even be number one of the things not to do because I see it and I see sellers, you know, I don't want to use a negative word, but they get a little bit greedy, Mm -hmm. right? They don't, Mm -hmm. they feel like they want to get as much as they possibly can for the house. And so they want to price it at that top point and they don't see that if they would price it under, you know, or maybe like at a more reasonable expectation, they would get they would get competition and they would probably end up at a number that's better than they they anticipated. Right. So you have to really trust your realtor. Yeah. And I think I try to explain that to people. So if you're pricing it a little under what the market is, the hope is that you're getting multiple offers, as Danielle mentioned, and it's kind of pushing that price point up higher above what the market value is. Yeah. If you price your home above what the market value is and you don't get an offer and it sits, or maybe you get a low ball offer and you feel opted that you have to take it or you counter, or maybe you take the higher offer, but it gets into escrow and those people feel like we're overpaying and then they back out. Yeah. And your chances of backing out when somebody feels like they're overpaying is really high. And so then you have accrued days on market. You're backed out of your escrow. And so you're in such a worse position to try to sell your house at a high higher price point. It's like having that scarlet letter, you know, everybody day one is thinking, why hasn't this house sold? Mm -hmm. And they're walking into it with a completely different lens than they would be if they thought, I have to move fast. This is so well-priced. I've got to get it before the next person. So it's so important to have your realtor and have that discussion of what the market value is for this property and how to price it. And you do not want to overprice it, not in this market. Right. Right. 
So one of the other things that I see sellers doing, which you would think we don't even need to talk about, but <laughs> let your realtor do their job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, buyers don't really they they want they want a more neutral buying experience, right? They want to feel so, comfortable, yeah. Right. So the seller during showings and things like that should leave the property. They should let their realtor host all of those types of things, right? Mm -hmm. They shouldn't try to hang around and answer questions. Right. Don't be involved in the showings. You don't need to be there when buyers are there. If it's a private showing or it's an open house, it does not matter. The buyer being there will only, I'm sorry, the seller being there will only make the buyer feel uncomfortable. Right. It just will. Right. The the, buyer is going into that property and they want to envision their own stuff there. They want to feel comfortable looking at stuff, maybe taking pictures. It's uncomfortable when the seller stays in the property, whether for a private showing or for an open house. Right. Yeah. And same kind of goes for the seller's stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about staging a little bit and how important that is, but sellers should try to neutralize the property as much as possible. So right. remove as many of the, you know, personal items as possible, clutter as possible, family photos, all those kind of things. You mentioned the buyers want to picture their own things in the mm-hmm. property. And so as little of the seller's life as possible should be removed. Yeah. And I, it, we're not trying to take away from the seller's experience and living there and how wonderful totally. it is. Yeah. And sometimes to combat that objection, what I'll tell sellers is I'll say, hey, write up some bullet points and text them to me or email them to me about what you love about this house. Right. Things that aren't like obvious, right? Right. right. Like the family like, barbecue that happens on 4th of July and all right, those kind of things. Because you have all this right? space or, yeah. you know, the, the the neighborhood is, we get tons of trick-or-treaters or maybe yeah. there's a hiking trail down the block to the left that you can head over the hill and it's great biking or all yeah. these little things that you want to tell the buyer about, but you can't be there, text them to me, email them to me. Your realtor can type them up in a nice letter. We include that in our listings in a frame so that buyers come through, they can read it. We also can include that in the disclosures. So any possible buyer looking at the property can look at the list of what they love about the house, that the sellers love about the house. So there's ways to get your point across your feelings, your emotional about the house to the buyer without being there and making the buyer feel uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And most buyers, I think, generally speaking, they they don't have the imagination to be able to exclude those things. So they really, they need to kind of as clean of a slate as possible to kind of picture their their life moving forward in that new home, which is awesome. And we kind of talked about disclosures a little bit, but I think it's important, you know, to mention, right, with regards to sellers, and you talked about all the liability falls on the sellers, but sellers should disclose, disclose, disclose. Absolutely, 100%. I think sometimes sellers, as they're filling out those disclosures, think, well, that's not really worth mentioning, or that's not important, but that's an important do's and don'ts for sellers is put out anything that you can that you can think of. Yeah, because you don't want that to come back. And I've, I've had that happen before where maybe they forgot something yeah. and, and you have to come back and you, you have to work through that. But yeah, anything up front that you can disclose to the buyers, it's a huge purchase for buyers, whether yeah. you're buying a $500,000 home or a $4 million home. It's a huge 
purchase for a buyer. And it's your obligation as a seller to tell that buyer everything about your house and what's going on so that they know when they move in what they're getting into or what they have coming forward. So you bring up a great point. Just disclose everything. Don't feel that you could hide something and it won't come back to bite you and that you know what, because it might. Right. Right. And that goes back to negotiations too, right? If you're Mm -hmm. putting it on the table, you have less room to negotiate later. Exactly. A hundred percent. So I think we've kind of covered all of the main stuff, you know, but really just putting all your cards on the table, disclosing everything, you know, pricing your property properly, Mm -hmm. hiring the best agent, Good curb appeal, appeal. showing your house in the best light, even if it is a seller's market. I mean, listen. Doing make sense renovations. A hundred percent. So in the fundamentals of the game and in real estate, there are things that you do not want to do. And I think we, as for sellers, we covered a bunch of them. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Real estate play-by-play. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this play-by-play, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on your podcast app, or please share with a friend or colleague. For more information, helpful tips, and real estate strategies, please visit us online at www.therealestateplaybyplay.com, where you can also connect with us on social platforms and sign up for our newsletter. Get Get in the the game. game!